Greetings, and welcome to the Pampering Myself podcast, an advocacy for self-care. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and most importantly, we'll learn that you can't pour from an empty cup. You'll hear stories, interviews, and conversations which will empower you in living your best life. Hello, 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 my friends. I hope you all are having a blessed day. Let me first say, happy Juneteenth. Yes, it is official. Juneteenth is now a federal holiday. It's been a long time coming, but there is still much work to do. So how's everybody doing? I'm going to say that we're all blessed because we're all alive and well. Now, I know some of us have health issues and challenges that are beyond our control, but there are some things that we can do to turn it around or even prevent it, such as poor health, um, certain diseases. If you're borderline, like my doctor told me, I'm borderline diabetic. My sister's doctor told her yesterday that she is teetering on the other side of being diabetic and that she needs to make some changes drastically. So those are the things that we want to do and focus on because we have we have the control really. We do. Think about it. We have it in our hands that when a doctor tells you you're on the verge of having something that you really don't want, that the decision is yours at that point. So as always, I like to put out my disclaimer I'm not a healthcare provider in any way, and that the information in this podcast is informational only. However, my info comes from healthcare resources, and it is something that you may want to consider. But before you make any lifestyle changes, please talk to your healthcare provider first. So today's topic is all about calm. And by definition, the word calm means to be free from excitement or passion, motion or disturbance. It's a state of peace and tranquility. Calm is said to be a personality trait which gives you clarity and control over your life and it protects you from getting overwhelmed or stressed. Now, isn't that something that we can all use? Calm. I'm most calm when I sit on my patio and and in my swing, I just, my legs go back and forth and I swing and I can either meditate or I go in a state of, um, I guess that still may be meditation of tranquility, peace and quietness, or I may choose to sit and listen to Soul Town where they play some of the 70s music, which can take you kind of like on a roller coaster ride up or down, depending on the song, and your memory. So my research shows that calm is both psychological and physiological, affecting both our mind and our body. And when we practice calm, it says we can find balance in both. Now, devoting time and energy and finding this calm isn't merely aspirational. It is essential to health essential to health. Now, a lot of us are challenged in this area, and it's for multiple reasons. 
And it's only when we find ourselves in a state of poor health that we're forced to act. And that's where um, my physician gives me the news. You're borderline diabetic. And I have a um, choice to make. Now, the choice can be I can prevent it and stay on the border or I can continue what I'm doing and be pushed over. And at that point, I'll be forced to make some changes. And that's not the area we want to be in. But we have to recognize that we live in a hyper-stimulating world, especially during this past year with the pandemic, where our lives were disrupted. And for so many of us, things have not changed. People are still unemployed um, for whatever the reason may be. Uh, Kids aren't back in school. You may have younger children who... Um, have not got the vaccine for one reason or another. And so there's still a lot of anxiety and ups and downs that we go through. And when we're in a state of stress, whether it is known or unknown, because some of us are in denial um, about stress, but the research shows that we are in denial, but our nervous system is affected. And the nervous system can't do what it's expected to do, which is to repair what is going on inside of our bodies. But it can't do that because it's constantly in a defense mode. And this can lead to health issues, both mentally and physically. Now, the evidence is all around us. It may be within your own circle or what we hear on the radio or read in the news or see on the television. Um, Just look around at all these mass shootings and suicides. You think about people who go in and shoot up um, an office or a factory or somewhere where they worked, and then they turn the guns on themselves. Um, Just recently, A professional tennis player and several athletes have talked about pulling out of what they have most focused on trying to get to. They are now pulling out of because they want and they identified it as me time. They're recognizing that the stress of getting there, um, the overworking that they've been involved in to try to just get to where it is that they wanted to get to climbing a ladder or however you put it is just overwhelming. So understanding the need for calm and how to achieve it are really two different things. And that's where some of us are challenged. We know we need it, but how do we find it? But finding calm is a skill. And it can be learned before it's forced to be learned, just in case you're struggling with it. And although there are multiple paths in helping you find calmness, as I said, one of uh, a tool for me is sitting on a patio swinging. The research shows that the fastest and most effective approach to deep breathing or to calm is deep breathing. Now, deep breathing can activate what they call the parasystematic nervous system, which puts the brain on alert. And that's the system, one of three systems, and it's responsible for the stimulation of rest and digest, or what they call feed and breathe. That's the activities that occur when our body is at rest. And if actions 
is described as being complementary to that of the systematic nervous system, which is responsible for stimulating activities associated with the fight or flight response. Now, according to um, Seth Gillingham, who is a PhD a psychologist, breath is ultimately tied to our emotions, and it tends to be shallow and rapid when we're excited or nervous. Think about how when you breathe, when you're angry, and compared to when you're uh, calm. When you're angry, they said that there are um, short, short breaths, and you have a tendency to be um, excited, so your breaths are short. But when you're calm, you have a tendency to have long and deep breaths. Now, that depends on the individual because I know I wear an Apple Watch, and on occasions, my Apple Watch tells me to breathe. And the reason why it tells me to breathe is because I may have those short breaths or either my breathing is so low and I'm so calm that it's not picking up that I'm even breathing. So I like to share four principles according to the research of the psychiatrist by the name of Sarant Bagava, who shares these principles in helping us breathe more effectively and to use as a tool for calm. And I know there are a lot of times um, when we're um, in a fight or flight and things just happen real quickly and we don't have time to react or we blow off the handle. These, this is an opportunity. This exercise is an opportunity for us to practice calm that we can take with us everywhere because I can't take that swing on my patio with me when I may be out and I need to calm down. And I've used this practice of breathing on many occasions and it has helped. So I like to go over those four techniques with you and hope that you implement them as a way of calmness. The first one is to focus on the breath and not the anxiety. So we focus on our belly as it rises and falls, noticing that the sound of our breath. Now you might want to consider even counting your breaths. So let's try it here. Take in a deep breath. I took in a real good deep breath. That was too fast. Let's try that again. Inhale and exhale. Now, I found that if I close my eyes, and it might depend on the situation uh, which caused the anxiety as to whether or not I'll close my eyes. But for practice purposes, I close my eyes, I inhale, and I exhale. And I focus on the breath and not the situation. And believe me, it can put you in a state of calm over time. And I can tell myself um, or feel myself actually calming down. Now, the second thing, the one, is to train yourself to associate the breath with relaxation. My research finds, says find two words that you can use every time when you do this exercise. Now, for me, it's focus. 
I use the word focus. And I use the word focus one word as I inhale and exhale. You can use two words as he indicated or three words, or you can use a phrase, whatever works for you. So let's try that. I'll take my deep breath in. I'll say the word first, focus. And as I exhale, I'll say the word again, focus. Now I'm saying this in my mind, not out loud. And I'm saying it so that it helps me to think about the word and not necessarily, um, again, the anxiety. Number three says, fill your lungs. Now, believe it or not, there is a right and a wrong way to breathe. But for sake of this episode, I'll focus on what the research says on how to practice pecan. So when we inhale, make sure that you feel it at the bottom of your belly, pulling in your stomach. In other words, when you inhale, you can feel your lower belly expanding first. So let's try that. So if you do these several times, several repetitions, you'll get better at being able to pull in that stomach, the lower belly, as you breathe in. And you'll find that over time, it'll become easy. And once again, you're not focusing on anxiety. You're saying those words mentally inside your head that you have chosen to breathe. So let's do that once again. We're going to say the word that you chose and we're going to inhale and exhale. Ah, wasn't that refreshing? It's so calm. It'll help you. And and I'm a witness to it because when I was taking my blood pressure and I had to take my blood pressure periodically, um, because it it has been going up and that's because they've been changing my medications. So what I do is I talk myself down. I talk myself down through these breathing exercises and it really works. So if it's high and I notice high, I'll go somewhere, I'll relax and I'll tell myself, calm down. And I actually do my breathing exercises and it works. And so the final Um, suggestion is to extend the exhale. Now, how you exhale is just as important as when you inhale. And according to Dr. Gillingham, the most soothing part is when you exhale. So make it last as long as possible. Now, this technique may be challenging at first, but over time, you'll develop a practice that works. So we're going to do it one more time, extending that exhale. We're going to bring this all together. We are going to inhale, say what it is that helps you relax, and then we're going to exhale as you repeat it. And remember, on the exhale, we're going to do it very slowly. So let's go.
enjoying every moment of that soothing exhaling. Now, although the research shows that deep breathing is the fastest and most effective way to calmness, you'll want to develop a variety of go-to techniques. And as always, I hope you found something beneficial in helping you live a long and healthy life. And for a discussion on those other go-to techniques, please tune in on Saturday, June the 3rd for part two on the topic of calm. Better yet, if you hit the subscribe button, you'll be notified whenever an episode is uploaded. Until then, many blessings, and most importantly, don't forget to pamper yourself. Thank <laughs> you.